Welcome to the Twimmel AI Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. Conference, and I've got the pleasure of being seated with Chris Edzima. Chris is a senior information systems analyst with the Washington County Sheriff's Office. And Washington County, if you don't know, is in the Portland area. Is that right, Chris? That's right. Uh, Chris, welcome to This Week in Machine Learning and AI. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you here. I am looking forward to learning a little bit about the talk that you gave yesterday. What was the topic of that one? Uh, so it was called The Unusual Suspects, and essentially uh, it is about how I used AWS recognition okay. to attempt to identify unknown suspects who committed crimes. Hmm. And um, what I used is previous booking photos or mugshots um, okay. to upload to recognition, create a collection. And now we can search surveillance footage or pictures taken by uh, eyewitnesses against those booking photos and attempt to identify those people based on if they had stayed in our jail already. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Before we get into that, why don't we spend a little bit of time having you share with us uh, a little bit about your background and how you got interested in the machine learning and AI stuff to begin with? Sure. Um, I have a pretty extensive background. It uh, goes back about uh, 15 years now, where I started at eBay working in fraud detection. And okay. there we um, utilized machine learning. I didn't ever make any models because I'm not a data scientist, but I utilized the models to detect things like people taking over accounts or posting fraudulent items. Okay. So back then it was very interesting to me and um, it, I kind of grew up with that as part of my background. When I moved into public service, I started uh, working at the sheriff's office. Uh, I wanted to bring some of that interest into the sheriff's office and so I uh, started looking at ways we could utilize um, machine learning or, or anything like that in order to help our deputies do their job. And so one of the biggest areas of opportunity was the fact that we have all of these videos, all of these pictures of people who committed crimes mm -hmm. that we can't identify. And we also have all of these pictures of people who have been booked into our jail. Mm -hmm. And I thought there's got to be a way that we can marry those two situations and come up with a very um, interesting way to solve that problem. Mm. And so that's kind of where um, how I grew up and got interested into it. Okay, great. Is this the first uh, machine learning project that you've uh, done at the sheriff's office? Yes, this is the first one. Um, we... Uh, we started looking into other machine learning things and we're, we're slowly getting into other things like crime detection. And in, by crime detection, I don't mean, uh, you know, somebody, one specific person committing a crime. Mm -hmm. I mean, minority uh, report, not like minority <laughs> report. No, um, more specifically, like, uh, we noticed that as crime happens in one area, it migrates to another area over time. And we can utilize that data to predict that there's a possibility that a crime is going to occur in a, an area subsequent or bordering. And therefore, we can send out patrols to that area. Okay. Not to attempt to catch the person, but to attempt to prevent the crime from happening in the first place. Because that's honestly what our goal is, right? We don't, right. We, we don't want to catch the people doing the crime. We want the people to not do the crime in the first right. place. So right. that's what we're hopes are for that. 
So an application like that is essentially like, you know, how you've got this, uh, you know, fleet of cars and officers and other vehicles. Like, how do you deploy them right. across? The- right. How do you how do you put them in the in the areas that are going to get the most um, prevention uh, for where they are? OK. Um, how long have you been at the sheriff's office? Uh, just about two years now. In fact, is it the 29th? Uh, it's, it is uh, the 29th. Yes, it'll be two years tomorrow. Oh wow! Wow! wow. <laughs> so, Happy anniversary! Yes. <laughs> um, did the? Uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm curious. Did the? You know, so you you used Amazon's recognition product to to do this first application. To what degree did you know having access to this via an API as opposed to needing to build your own models contribute to your ability to actually do it? A hundred percent. I, like I guess I, I kind of knew the answer to that yeah. question, but I'm not a data scientist. Yeah. I don't know how any of this stuff works in the back end, mm-hmm. um, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I what it really did was allow me somebody who's very big into coding. Some um, I know I know how to code. Mm-hmm. Now I'm able to utilize these these machine learnings, these deep learning techniques mm-hmm. to help me do my job, and I didn't have to uh, engage a data scientist. I didn't have to even know the model. Mm-hmm. I just was able to tie into an API and utilize their model that they already built, and it has been immensely beneficial because mm-hmm. of that. Can you talk a little bit about your process for developing the system? Yeah. So um, uh, in my talk yesterday, I talked about how quickly this happened. Um, mm-hmm. This was right around this time last year at reInvent. They announced um, recognition, mm-hmm. and by mid-November, or sorry, mid-December, right? Um, I had had a um, a prototype up and running already. Basically, that's incredible. Yeah, it was it was really really amazing. Once I found out that recognition existed, and I did a quick. I think it only took me about a day to go in and read the documentation because it's not a an overly complicated API. I think there's mm-hmm. only something like twenty calls. Okay, in, in total. Mm-hmm. So once I read the documentation, I was able to go in and realize that okay, the first thing I need to do is get my mugshots available to recognition. Mm-hmm. Uploaded three hundred thousand mugshots into wow. S three. Uh, I did it manually. I didn't realize there was an API I could use. This this was when I was mm-hmm. really green with AWS. So okay. literally, I used the web form. I dragged and dropped oh. three hundred thousand <laughs> in increments of a thousand. Ouch! <laughs> into into the web form. Okay. Um, so that took me about five days. Uh-huh. Uh, had, I, had I realized now uh, then that what I know now about the API for S three, I would have just written a script right. and uploaded them that way. In right. fact, that's how we keep our mugshots up to date now. I have a daily script that runs, throws them into S three, and indexes. Okay. But but at least your mugshots were digital. Yeah. In the beginning, in the beginning, it was uh, it was a manual process. Once I got those up into S three, though. Um, I did write a script because then I yeah. knew that I could. Wrote a script to loop through all 300,000. Okay. I indexed them into um, recognition, which is just one simple API call. Uh, once they were indexed, uh, I essentially had everything I needed to do to get up and running. Um, once you have that collection, you can just um, do an API call to their search faces API, and uh, you send it the binary data from the image that you want to search from into the collection and it returns the results. And And what are the images that you want to search from? What are those input images? Uh, So um, they come from multiple different ways. Uh, The, the web 
form that I created will post them to S3, mm -hmm. and then S3 will do the search that way. Mm -hmm. um, I'll then delete that one because we don't save any of the images we search mm -hmm. uh, for. Um, but then um, I also have a, a mobile app. Those will go directly into the API that way. Mm -hmm. The so, source images, though, are these like, is this surveillance video or is, is this a, like an officer things. on the street with your mobile app taking a picture of so, someone or? Um, in my talk yesterday, I, I showed three different examples. One of okay. them was from a surveillance. Okay. Um, I don't know if people know this or not, but uh, there are surveillance cameras on those little self-checkout things at uh, most of those department stores. Mm. And that was the oh, surveillance really? camera from that. Yeah. Huh. So um, that was a good hit. Meaning like the credit card swiper thing? The, the, well, it's not the, the, the self-checkout kiosks, you know, oh, the okay. ones where Got you it. scan it yourself. Got yeah. it. So the, in that case, the guy was scanning the items, but he didn't actually pay. He just put them back in the cart and walked out, made it seem <laughs> like it was legitimate. Okay. Um, so we got a surveillance shot off of that. The, uh, okay. the second example I gave was actually a, um, a cell phone picture. Uh, an eyewitness took a picture of somebody with their cell phone and then called the deputies. The mm -hmm. deputies showed up and the deputy took a picture of the cell phone picture. So it was a like a, a second generation <laughs> with all the glare on the, the phone and everything. Oh, wow. But recognition still found the face and okay. um, ran that. And then the third example, which is the example that I am most pleased with, mm -hmm. was an artist rendition um, from an eyewitness. Huh. So a sketch. Wow. Um, we ran a sketch through uh, recognition and it pulled back a legitimate result. Wow. So, um, so yeah, when you say what we're running, we're running anything we can. If it, if it has a face on it, it doesn't matter if it's a drawing or, or, you know, uh, an image of an image of an image. We're, we're, we're trying because we want to, we want to identify these people. Mm -hmm. And how do you, um, how do you characterize the like the performance of recognition for your use case? Uh, do you have specific ways you think about that? Um, so as far as metrics go, not yet because um, it's still really early. Uh, you know, like it's it's only been a year since I even started, and it's only right. been about six months that the deputies have been using it in full force. Um, but I can tell you anecdotally. Um, Every single deputy, every single law enforcement officer who has used this has said, wow, I can't believe that how good this is doing. And, um, and it's also difficult to quantify it because it, I'd love to get up here and say, you know, this tool has led to X amount of convictions, right? But it doesn't quite work like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, the, the deputies use it as a tool. It's not their one and only thing they do. So while a deputy might put something into the tool, get a result, um, it may or may not be the person in the picture, but it could lead them to a relative. Like um, with facial features being similar, you might get somebody's father returning the result. You go talk to the father, realize it was the son who was the um, person you were looking for. So is that a, is that a, a good hit for us. I, I, I don't know how to quantify that yet, but I can tell you that all of these situations have occurred. So it's, it, it's working well. Everybody likes it. And I think that's really all that matters when I'm putting a tool in the hands of a deputy, um, saving them time so that they can go out there and keep ourselves safe. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about it from the perspective of uh, a developer or a technologist using this service, how about the performance of recognition itself? Like, have you and, you know, I guess you would have to, like, you, you put in an image, you, I guess you would want to know, like, what percent of the time, you know, is, is the image found when it's in the, 
the so, database? Um, Do you track that? We did some benchmarking at the very beginning okay. about that because we had we had images that were not mugshots, but we knew those people in those images were had been booked into our jail at some point. Um, so we created, I, I don't want to call it a blind case uh, study, but I didn't know which of the group had been in our jail and which of the group had not been in our jail. And I didn't know the identities of the people. Okay. So um, one of the de deputies sent me over about a hundred images mm. and of the images of the people who had been in our jail, mm -hmm. I was able to correctly identify 75% of them. Mm. And of the people who had not been in our jail, but results were returned, I was able to um, say that 50% of those people I was able to say, no, we don't have a good ID for these people. Mm -hmm. So about 50% of the people who had never been in our jail, I said, oh, I think it's this person, and it actually wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes down to a 75% accuracy, saying that there's a 75% chance that if they had been booked in our jail, I'm mm -hmm. going to be able to tell you who they are, that's tremendous. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I think it's... Uh... You know, it's it's like what you said previously. It's it's a tool, right? And if um, if you think about it in that context, and not like recognition is going to replace policing, yeah. then it's it's helpful. Right? Yeah, and exactly, and and giving giving the deputies as many tools as possible to go out and do their jobs mm -hmm. is is exactly what I what my job is. Mm -hmm. And so I don't necessarily um, want to do their job for them although I'd love to do their job, <laughs> but um, I don't ever necessarily want to do their job for them. I want them to have a tool that they can not have to be sitting in behind a computer doing research, looking at thousands of mug shots that possibly fit. Instead, they get a likely ch choice of five or six, and they can go out and take action on those, follow up on leads, as opposed to being tied to a computer. Mm. Are there things that you need to think about as a developer when using these APIs that are different from, um, you know, the traditional ways you might develop applications? Um, as far as being in law enforcement, yes. Okay. Um, I have to concern myself with different uh, levels of data classification. So, mm -hmm. for instance, um, I there's laws that prevent us from uh, sending images of juveniles over the internet without certain uh, security in place. And while those securities do exist with Amazon, uh, I have to ensure that they are in place before I send a juvenile's image. So uh, in that case, we just have a policy that we don't run recognition off of juvenile images. And as far as uh, just a regular old developer that I have been for, for a while now, thinking about these APIs, um, I have to think about them in, in a different way because kind of like what we were just talking about, the, uh, the effectiveness of, of the, the API, usually if you were to come with me and say this API is 75% effective, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even look at it because <laughs> that's just not um, beneficial. But mm -hmm. when you think about what it's doing and, and, and the fact that 75% beneficial is way better than 10% beneficial, which is where we were at with you know, scraping through mugshots using a, a, a Boolean search, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's way beneficial. And that's something that you have to wrap your head around as a developer saying that don't just throw it out because you want to see it in the high 99s. Mm -hmm. But elaborate a little bit on the, what you were doing before. Previous to having this recognition um, 
product in place, mm -hmm. we had a, uh, a web form where you would go in and you would type in demographics. Like I'm looking for a male between mm -hmm. the ages of 40 and 50, height of five foot 10, mm -hmm. black hair, you know, and down the list of anything that right. you can search for. And then it would then search for all of the inmates that meet those requirements and return thousands of uh, mug shots that you would have to then search through by your eyes mm -hmm. um, to determine. And were those um, that metadata was all manually? Exactly. So it, it's all based on um, when you get booked in, okay. we ask you questions. How old are you? Yeah, sometimes we, we have all that information because they give us a driver's license and we can put all that in. But right. um, in some cases, it's all um, based on what the inmate tells us. And, and I can tell you that they for sure give us different names. They for sure give us different <laughs> birthdays. Um, so, yeah, it was very, um, while it was somewhat accurate, it, it definitely did have a, a, a tilt to it because of incorrect entered data. Okay. And so you, you get this list of your thousand search results and, you know, for whatever reason, I guess it's TV, but I'm imagining like these big binders of mugshots. You're not doing it like that anymore. No, no, not, not anymore. Uh, obviously before we had um, a website that the deputies yeah. could utilize, that's exactly how they did it. And there was binders full of uh, mugshots. Yeah. Um, I think it's still like that on TV most yeah, of the time. Yeah, I think uh, on TV and, and when they when they give a, a what we call a six pack or a, you know a lineup card, uh -huh. it's still you know right there laid on the table where the guy points at the picture. Yeah, now it's on the computer now too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, but while it's very different than that, it's actually very similar at the same time. Where yeah, you're just slogging through. Right. Picture after picture, and anybody who knows anything about like assembly line hypnosis or anything like that, after the mm. fifth page, you're not seeing those faces like you should anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just, you know, hoping that there's some huge like mole on the guy's forehead or something. Because mm. aside from that, you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. Which is where the you mentioned ten percent accuracy exactly. rate before, where that comes from, right? Um, so when I think about the, you know, some of the issues associated with, associated with applying machine learning and AI to one of the things that comes up for me pretty quickly are some of the, you know, incidents and stories we've seen around um, just the, you know, the bias that's injected into these types of algorithms and how right. that can kind of play out in, um, you know, these which are, you know, you know, really critical you know, situations that involve human lives, like what kind of, how do you think about that? And what kind of um, experience have you had with those kinds of issues? So luckily we, uh, I, I'm happy to work for a uh, sheriff who is very conscious about bias and policing mm -hmm. uh, well before any of the other um, counties around us were, were thinking about that. He was thinking about it and, and running reports to make sure that his deputies weren't biased. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy to say that all reports look good for us. Mm -hmm. So as far as um, personal or, or very specific to, to what I've done, mm -hmm. I don't see it, unfortunately, to say that like this is how I would handle it or how we do handle mm -hmm. it. Fortunately, right. we don't see it. But, but uh, I, I do keep that in mind because these algorithms do tend to, to have a little bit of bias. And that bias is based on when the algorithms are trained, they tend to be trained by the developers. So the developers are going to, uh, you know, wh whoever developed it is going to have their uh, ethnicity, their gender, 
more likely to be detected than um, than others. So that's and are those specific effects things that you've seen in your work with recognition. Um, I haven't necessarily seen a lot of um, I don't know what I would call a, a a misidentity based on something that I would say that oh this is definitely because this person is one ethnicity, right? But it's biased towards another ethnicity. I, I really haven't seen that much. That being said, I, we have come across a, a couple of situations where I would run, we would run an image through recognition, mm -hmm. and it would give us a ethnicity. The results would be an ethnicity that was contrary to what we personally thought just looking at the image. Mm -hmm. But in that case, we still haven't had um, a situation where we were either proven wrong or, or right mm -hmm. based on our previous thing because we haven't identified that person yet. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that is it equally as effective in identifying women in um, you know out of the pictures that you've identified, so, or equally as effective in identifying you know all ethnicities, or are there kind of shifts and biases in that? Regard? I would say that um, when I see results that, for instance, if a result set has multiple genders in that result set, mm -hmm. I will see males put in with a picture of a female more than I will see females returned when I give that, when I give it a picture of a male. Mm. So it definitely is more, I, I hate to use the word bias because, you know, I don't, I don't know how to say this except for that. Uh, when, when it's all said and done, because it's just a tool that we've created, mm -hmm. uh, if, if it gives us five results of people who are completely off, then we just kind of, Right. Sweep those results aside. But yes. Um, and granted, I, you know, but in, in you can bias in some ways as a kind of a loaded term. Exactly. Um, and but, especially in my field. Right. But statistically, like you're, 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 if we kind of separate th those kinds of issues out, you are seeing where, you know, it's more likely to return male pictures than female pictures, even when you give it a female picture, for right. example. Right. And I find that, um, I've almost um, looked at those results and saw that um, the results return. So if I give if I give recognition a female picture and it returns five results and two of them are males, mm -hmm. I find that those males tend to have more generic features. Uh, you know, when you look at them, you don't see anything that stands out specifically. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me wonder if that those people's facial um, architecture is just simply generic in themselves mm -hmm. and that's why they're getting returned mm. uh, i haven't dove deep enough into looking at their specific facial analysis which is one thing that recognition would allow me to do is i could send that one picture through and it could tell me what its likelihood of it being male female likelihood of it being you know one uh age group or another mm -hmm. I haven't really done that much of a deep dive into uh those outliers that i've seen mm -hmm. to see if maybe that's what it is maybe that recognition thinks that this picture of a male is actually a picture of a female and that's why it's being mm -hmm. returned. But I can say that, uh, as far as age goes, mm -hmm. I am a 35 year old guy and mm -hmm. every single time I run my picture through it, it thinks I'm 50. So, <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, uh, and I think that, you know, if I maybe lost a beard and maybe uh -huh. uh, didn't have as much little gray hairs, maybe it wouldn't think of me so old. But um, right. Right. But yeah. Interesting. Um, are there kind of continuing on the, the hmm, 
like, are there ways? I'm gonna think of the right way to to get at this question. Uh, I'm curious about again going back to the fact that recognition, in a lot of ways, is a black box for you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, are there things that you maybe kind of you know blind to as a developer that you might want to have more information about that you've run into? Well, obviously, um, I'm I'm pretty much blind to the entire recognition right. of how it works. I, I I send it faces, it sends me results, and I have no idea how A gets to B. Right. But I would like a way to a train recognition. Uh, mm. If not, if not just for me, you know, not having training my own collection, but uh, train it by some sort of feedback loop. Say that indeed this was a good hit, but indeed this wasn't a good hit, so mm. that you know it can get smarter. Um, I'd love to see that. Uh, I'd love mm. to see a way for me to train it in different ways because while I only use uh, one slice of recognition, there are other bits that would be hugely beneficial to us if they worked in the way we needed them. A great example of that is tattoo recognition. Hmm. We have, as as well as a a catalog of faces, we Mm -hmm. have a catalog of scars, marks, and tattoos. Mm -hmm. I've Um, seen this on TV also. this is on TV as well. (laughs) You know, on TV, they're able to say, oh, here's a picture of his skull tattoo, and oh, here's him over here with his skull tattoo. Right. That doesn't exist, A, in reality, and B, in recognition, um, it doesn't, uh, the, the API isn't detailed enough to tell me this is a tattoo of a skull. Mm-hmm. It can say it's a tattoo, which is great, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it would be even better if I could take all of my pictures of tattoos, mm-hmm. feed them into the collections in recognition mm-hmm. and then auto tag those. Mm-hmm. So that we could have a more standardized uh, list of tattoos. So if recognition saw a skull, mm-hmm. it would always return it as the same spelling of skull as the same, uh, right. uh, you know. So it's generate better. some kind of taxonomy yeah. of tattoos. and Somebody would say skull. Somebody may say crossbones. Somebody right. may put an eye in there somewhere. So we don't have an easy way to, to textually search okay. those. For if a victim comes in and says their attacker had a skull tattoo mm. on their chest, mm-hmm. um, we could, if we had recognition already auto-tagging these tattoos, mm-hmm. I could go in, search skull, and get a list of everybody who has a skull tattoo on their chest that has been through our jail, mm. possibly IDing them simply by knowing that they had a tattoo. Mm-hmm. And that would be obviously immensely... I can see how that would be powerful. Um, powerful. Um, and I can tell you that um, I was watching a TV show a couple of days ago mm-hmm. and they they took a picture of a guy's side of his head and they said, oh, look at this guy's ear. Ears are biometrically as identical to fingerprints. So we're just going to take a picture of his ear uh-huh. and run it through ear recognition. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, if they could do that, I'd, I'd, I'd love recognition to do that. I brought that up because this is the, um, again, this is the, thing I come across with the the public is they assume we already can do this stuff. Mm. They assume like when, when I talk about recognition with um, uh, the citizens in our area, mm-hmm. half of them didn't realize we couldn't do facial recognition before. Mm. They assume that when we send a picture to the news and say, can you help me identify this person that we've already done that part? 
Right. Right. Now, luckily, we have already done that part. Okay. But before this year, we we th- it just didn't exist. And um, that's pretty funny. In my mind, like you know, in my mind, you're still going through these binders yeah, of right. things, and the public thinks that you have a you know minority report right, already exactly, established. Exactly. That's interesting. So that's another thing is I, I want to um, I, I want to get us to the point where we are at where the citizens already think we are. Mm-hmm. Right. So that when they watch TV, they watch a TV show like APB and they see all of this stuff that doesn't exist yet <laughs> um, that I can at least say, well, I'm working towards it. I'm mm-hmm. getting us there. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's my my goal. Mm. And so what what do you what's next to get you there? Is it, you know, are you kind of waiting for are you stuck waiting for recognition to build out all these features? Or is this like inspiration and justification for you to you know go find a data scientist to partner with or something like that? How, how do you proceed? Um, many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is definitely not me sitting waiting for something to happen. Um, this has really energized me and energized everybody on my team to mm-hmm. go out and, and innovate and find new ways that we can assist the deputies and other law enforcement officers mm-hmm. in doing their job. So if it means that we know we want to do something and the only way we're going to be able to do it is finding a data scientist to partner with, then mm-hmm. we'll do that. If it means, um, uh, you know, talking with Amazon over and over again until we get a, <laughs> uh, something into the product that we need, then that's what it means. Right. Um, if it means finding an interesting way to use another one of their machine learning uh, tools Mm -hmm. Uh, that they didn't intend because I can honestly tell you all of the talks I've had with Amazon when they first put out recognition, nobody thought this would be great for recognizing criminals from mugshots. Mm. But now that I do it, it's, it's something that they absolutely think about the law enforcement applications for all of their future, uh, machine Mm -hmm. learning stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just going out there and, trying to find interesting ways to use the things that we already have access to mm-hmm. and possibly driving that thing into what we need it to be, which mm-hmm. is kind of what we've done with recognition. Now, I'm not, I, I won't take any credit for what the AWS guys do because they do great work and they, mm-hmm. they do it on their own. I'm just saying that once they see that we have a use case there, they will take that into account and move mm-hmm. for us. And when you think about the vast array of services that um, AWS offers uh, or the, you know, when you think about the array of machine learning and AI services that are offered by not only AWS, but, you know, Google and Microsoft and uh, a host of other players, are there, um, you know, do you have a kind of a short list of things that you're excited about, you know, tinkering with and putting to use uh, in your in your um, in the sheriff's office? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, just this morning, the keynote announced recognition for video. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'm going to wait till I get home to start playing with that. <laughs> um, we have uh, so much video um, in the way of uh, surveillance of crimes in the mm-hmm. way of you know, uh, videos sent in by eyewitnesses that, that we could utilize to determine, you know, who that person is and doing that thing. Mm -hmm. And then there are other use cases that just quickly going through my head, you know, one of the things that recognition would possibly allow us to do is determine intent. Mm -hmm. You know, is somebody intending to do harm? Is somebody intending to do somebody else harm? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a way to, uh, 
to get notifications if a camera sees that. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, just many things I want to play around with that. Um, there's uh, the new, uh, I think it's called Deep Lens, mm -hmm. which allows you to train a model based on what you show it. Obviously, you can use that for anything from training it to determine products to training it to determine, I think they it showed um, uh, record labels, mm -hmm. um, things like that. I think I could train it to do better at uh, finding uh, the faces of people uh, in those surveillance cameras. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe like we were just talking about, maybe I can train it to do tattoo detection. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's something I want to play around with. Mm -hmm. um, then um, they talked about, uh, I can't remember the name of it now, but uh, the new, uh, they have a new machine learning platform that allows mm -hmm. you to build the models without having to know anything about data science. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm going to play around with that, obviously, and see if I can get a model up and running and maybe talk like when we were talking about uh, uh, predictive policing to know where to send deputies because of, uh, you know, maybe on the 4th of July, we see a lot of mm -hmm. illegal fireworks being set off in a certain area. Mm -hmm. You get a notification. Hey, why don't you head over to that area? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. So lots of stuff I'm excited to play mm. with. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with me. I enjoyed learning a bit about your use case and, you know, hearing about this kind of dealing with AI services from a developer's perspective. I enjoyed it too. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks. All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening and for your continued feedback and support. For more information on Chris or any of the topics covered in this episode, head on over to twimlai.com slash talk slash 86. To follow along with the AWS reInvent series, visit twimlai.com slash reInvent. To enter our Twimmel 1 mil contest, visit twimlai.com slash twimmel 1 mil. Of course, we'd be delighted to hear from you either via a comment on the show notes page or via Twitter to at TwimmelAI or at Sam Charrington. Thanks again to Intel Nirvana for their sponsorship of this series. To learn more about their role in DeepLens and the other things they've been up to, visit IntelNirvana.com. And of course, thanks once again to you for listening and catch you next time.